This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. How do you do? Mr. Carl Emily feels it would be a little unkind to present this picture without just a word of friendly warning. We are about to unfold the story of Frankenstein, a man of science who sought to create a man after his own image without reckoning upon God. It is one of the strangest tales ever told. It deals with the two great mysteries of creation, life and death. I think it will thrill you. It may shock you. It might even horrify you. So if any of you feel that you do not care to subject your nerves to such a strain, now is your chance to... Uh, well, we've warned you. Welcome to the Everyday is Halloween podcast. Halloween special. <laughs> he will spell. Pentagram. Wolfbane. Oh, I'm sick of the whole thing. I'm going to get out of here. Oh, yeah, but he's beaten by a werewolf and lives, becomes a werewolf himself. Oh, quit handing me that. You're just wasting your time. The wolf beat you, didn't he? You've come back to us, Michael. If you let her, she can stop the rage. The rage inside. And take you to her. Come in this What's going on everyone? Welcome to the 2020 Halloween special of the Everyday is Halloween podcast. Uh, I want to thank each and every one of you for stopping by, everybody that's been supporting the Patreon page, and uh, I hope everybody's just hanging in there this weird October. Uh, you know, we have to stay in because everybody sucked uh in the summertime and wanted to go to the beaches and then this is what happens we have no halloween you know that's uh i mean halloween again is in our hearts we've talked about this in the last episode uh so we're gonna make the best of it and i hope this can help you guys get through it just a little bit more i want to give a big shout out to sam haynes ever in the london uk area for letting us use his uh music for this opening and for the rest of the show so head over to uh, Spotify and check out Sam Haynes' Groovy Murder Disco. This is music for Halloween 2020. Uh, he just started a Spotify page and has been on Bandcamp for a while, so make sure to go over there, add it to your playlist, and rock out this Halloween. Guys, let me tell you about my Halloween. No, but seriously, uh, the uh, horror marathons on television have been keeping me company, so at least that's been something nice to... Uh, you know, watch while I'm working on my art for Etsy, the, the jack-o'-lantern projects that I do. Um, but I was also invited out to Halloween Horror Nights Light. Yes, uh, this is the, uh, I guess, light version of Halloween Horror Nights. Uh, it's, it's technically not even called Halloween Horror Nights. Uh, Universal, obviously, because of COVID-19, uh, was not able to really pull off something park-wide. This, I mean, it's an event that has a lot of people... Um, I know there's some haunts uh, around America that are still doing it, uh, and they're trying to you know be as safe as possible. And you know, Universal was was doing the exact same thing uh, with their with their park, and everybody wears masks. Uh, there's uh, two haunted houses: uh, the Revenge of the Tooth Fairy and uh, the Bride of Frankenstein Returns. Uh, so these are two things that are Universal properties. They're able to um, open up to the public during the day which I don't know if you've ever been to a haunted house during the day, but it is trippy. It's a little strange. I mean, not that you'll see any sunlight, but it's just, you know, walking into a haunted house during the day, I guess it's kind of okay, because whenever it's a little, like the sun's going down, but like when it's like one o'clock in the afternoon and it's blistering hot and you're going into a, a haunted house, and then it's like, you know, super fun and awesome and cool inside, and then you come back out and it's really bright. bright and like, oh, it's so weird. It's so awkward. Um, 
but we, we braved the, the sunlight to go to these two haunted houses. So let's talk about them. Uh, Revenge of the Tooth Fairy uh, is a, a story about a kid who does not want to give up his teeth to the Tooth Fairy. And what happens to this little little home, little village storybook type uh, setting when the Tooth Fairy gets angry and comes for their teeth. And it's quite gory. Uh, a lot of the form masks, that's kind of how they... Uh, did the houses this year uh you know people have their safety mask on and then they'll have their uh, you know costume mask over that um and then there's even sometimes plexiglass in front of that uh so nobody's ever really like jumping out at you like inches away from your face they're just kind of uh loud effect and light and sometimes that's all you really need um for those really um high budget um universal houses uh next was uh the Bride of Frankenstein Returns. And this was probably my, my favorite house of the event. <laughs> There's two. Um, but uh, it's really it's done really well. You all know I'm a huge classic uh, Universal Monster fan. So being able to uh, walk through the rubble of Frankenstein's castle all broken down. And you look through these little holes and you see like the actual video of uh, the castle you know, being projected on a large screen, breaking apart. And then when you turn the corner, you see the bride and she's rose from the ashes and she's picking up all the rubble and, and, and screaming and trying to get, you know, her mate back. And it's just, you know, you know, like it's a really cool scene. Uh, and then it goes all the way through to the point where she's like capturing Dracula's brides and bloodletting them and trying to figure out a way to restore uh, the monster, restore uh, you know, uh, Frankenstein, as you guys know, uh, Frankenstein's monster. And she does, and there's Igors and female um, brides of Frankenstein and and the brides of Dracula. And it's just a, it's, it's a really cool house, uh, really thought out very well. It's kind of the stuff that, you know, like I would love to see a movie be made of this. Like show me the movie where we, you know, stick with canon from, you know, the 1930s and 40s Universal Monster films. And, uh, <laughs> and you know just give them life again um you know i was talking about this with my friend that i went with and there is uh, a friday the 13th short film that's out right now it is called um i believe it's don't go hiking in the woods don't hike in the snow that's what it is don't hike in the snow uh it's a new friday the 13th fan film that you can check right out on youtube and it continues as the story of Tommy Jarvis. And I'm not going to go further into it for you. Um, so you got to check it out. But it does two really good things. First of all, it's putting Jason in a setting that we've never seen Jason in before. The snow. Which I feel like it's, it's something I'm amazed with all the movies that they've done. They've never done the time where it kind of snows around Camp Crystal Lake or something. I don't know. Um, and then the other is uh, sticking with canon. And you know maybe Tommy Jarvis is now kind of a crazy coot. Uh, not crazy coot, but just kind of like still crazy in the woods and knows that Jason is a power that needs to be stopped. And people are being killed at Camp Crystal Lake and he has to be there to, to tell the police officers that they're, it's their fault that they're letting Jason run around and still kill people. Uh, really great premise. So, back to the Bride of Frankenstein. I mean, how crazy would it be if we not only you know, kept the storyline with the, with those, but just continued them, continued what we already know. It's everybody's so gung-ho about these these retellings and these remakes, and let's make, you know, the Invisible Man something about, like, uh, you know, um, a relationship abuse and stuff. It's like, what? No, can we just have our story with the main characters and where, you know, maybe the, the legacy that they've had? Like, I, I don't know. That's just me. I, let me know what you guys think. Uh, Halloween365 at gmail.com but yes uh, Halloween Horror Nights was really fun the houses were great they did a really good job for what, you know, what they still had um, there is a thing that's going on around the park for fun called Scarecrow Stock where you can go around and they have these like really elaborate scarecrows made in like all the stores and I think it's uh, there's about 13 of them uh, you know, makes sense and uh you uh you get like i think they give you like candy like a little bag of candy but it's free universal candy like here you go man uh you know uh for checking out all these these um you know like it's a little uh treasure hunt type thing and they give you a little stamp on each thing but the, the scarecrows are pretty gnarly some of them are horrific and pretty pretty crazy um 
I know I think Islands of Adventure right now is doing a trick-or-treat thing where you can dress up. I believe you can dress up and walk into both parks in costume. Um, so it's just kind of an extra little fun thing to do. Although I don't know if I'd highly recommend it with the weather uh, here in Florida and how hot it can really be. And plus a costume, it just, I don't know. But I mean, there was people doing it in October last year and the many years before that, and they're still doing it to, to, at Disney. So, uh, But yes, I want to thank uh, Alex over at Universal PR again for, for helping uh, me come out there and review it for the Everyday's Halloween podcast. You know, I, I've been doing uh, Halloween Horror Nights coverage for them, um, God, for the last, I don't know, almost decade now. And I love reporting it to you guys and letting you guys know and taking photos and, and talking with those guys. And they're always really cool with the podcast. So look forward to maybe seeing what we were supposed to get this year next year in 2021 now uh over to whole alt disney um i made sure to check out uh what is happening over at at the magic kingdom since there is no mickey's not so scary halloween party um now it's just kind of the you know the pumpkin orange decorations they don't even have, really have all the decorations out you know like you usually have like the big uh, entrance uh, all the all the uh, scarecrows and stuff like none of that literally just like some fall accents here or there the line is still crazy as ever at the haunted mansion like everybody's just trying to just soft open just because of things so you know all the jerks in summer once again ruined everything for us in october to have fun but i try to check out what little there is and uh it's 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 very small it's minute <laughs> um i wanted to check out some other haunts uh that were going on right now is a huge thing uh, is the um drive up haunt the drive-through haunts of terror that are happening all around America. And um, you know what? I'm going to tell you guys, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of any of these. Um, I reached out to them, first of all, and nobody got back with me, uh, which was kind of strange. Scream and Stream, uh, they're apparently like one of the biggest drive-through haunts here in Florida. I guess you could only be so big because it's only happened this season. Um, but they all look really awful. They all look really boring i hear they like you go through within you know 10 minutes not even 15 minutes uh, i don't want to be proven wrong i want to check these things out and but it, it looks like they're very slow they, they're very quickly paced um people kind of scream at your car and you had to pay 56 dollars for a car float so if you're gonna do this you better bring people with you to make that price count you know grab grab an suv and make sure it's like 10 bucks a pop or something i don't know um, there's also another one, Haunted Road, which looked like absolute butt. Uh, <laughs> it looked like a, a child's play put on, um, and a bunch of cars will, like, be parked around, like, in a U-shape around a stage, and they're doing stuff on the stage, but they're miming everything, and it's all are done to, like, a pre-recorded track. See these people, like, dress up all kind of kooky and creepy, and they're, like, with a spotlight on them telling you a tale, there's always cars, like with their engines like on but in park just sitting around there and like they're blasting this audio at you and it just, i heard it's just none of it's scary and so like part of me is like if i if you're really gonna get me out to go on this quarantine crap like it's got to be worth it and so far none of these other haunts in florida are worth it another lame one that we have here right on i drive uh is the orlando forum of fear which is uh from x howling horror night writers uh, that brought something to the Orlando Forum, which is apparently a theater that still owes a bunch of people money and actors from uh, previous COVID era and has hired on a bunch of characters, and it's, that's super uncool. And they've come up with a lot of just un, uh, original ideas, and some things actually lifted from already uh, currently established properties, so they're basically, like, stealing. Uh, and it's just it's uncool and, and not the best, so... Yeah, the the haunt scene right now is is pretty pretty crappy, and uh, at least Horror Nights is doing what they can, and I would love to see what else is going on around Orlando. But it's a it's a twenty twenty Halloween season for sure. But you know it's not shitty horror news. Netflix has been stirring the pot this October with a bunch of really cool, interesting things for Halloween. Uh, we have six new episodes of Unsolved Mysteries coming uh, next week uh, in October. No official date, but I believe it'll be, if you're listening to the podcast now, uh, the Tuesday after that. But don't hold me to it. 
Um, also, I don't know if you guys seen uh, Hoobie Halloween, Adam Sandler's new um, uh, Happy Madison film is on there. We'll talk a little bit more about that in reviews. Um, we also have Huluween. That's ha- Hulu's uh, Halloween programming. They have a lot of really cool stuff. Uh, some original features and some new series that they just start putting out. Uh, Sci-Fi 31 Days of Halloween. Uh, I think Freeform has the 31 Days of Halloween. Uh, AMC Fear Fest is going on 24 hours a day, which I find is lovely. Turn on AMC anytime and uh, watch a horror movie. Uh, I kind of got sucked into that tube recently. Uh, and I, I basically did nothing for like three days and watched nothing but horror movies. But we'll talk about that in a bit. Guys, gals, ghosts and ghouls, did you know Michael Daughtery, trick-or-treat director, will be doing Clive Barker's adaptation of the Nightbreed television series. He's adapting Nightbreed. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen it, the original, but he is working on a new series. Uh, it hasn't been told just yet who is going to pick up said series. Um, but we do know that Michael is also working on Hellraiser, the series for HBO. Um, I'd imagine this might be something uh, Shudder might pick up. Um, I don't know how big the production is just yet. So to see who will pick it up, we will see. Um, I doubt it would be HBO since he's already doing Hellraiser for that. Um, but what a, what a time to be a Clive Barker fan. Um, Books of Blood, that's another uh, film that just came to Hulu. For the Halloween season, I think it released October sixth. Um, it's a really fun um, three arc film um, that you know probably could have been done in a series. It feels like a series rushed into a film. Um, so hopefully, the, the Clive Barker stuff gets a little bit more uh, love put into it from uh, Michael Daughtery, who's a you know a really great director and uh, fantastic storyteller. So I can't wait to see that. Showtime. The place where Penny Dreadful was once good uh, is bringing back 10 episodes of Dexter. Yes, you heard me correct. Dexter is coming back with all new episodes uh, right on uh, right on Showtime uh, for the fall 2021 season. Um, I really hope they wash away what they did with that last season. Because, man, is that last season rough. I don't want to spoil it for you guys, for people and gals who have not seen it. But, uh, woof. And it was kind of a steady decline, I feel like. Dexter was good in its first, like, four or five seasons. And then, I'm not, I'm not sure what happened there. But, um, hopefully whatever they do with these ten episodes, they can, uh, maybe resurrect something special that was in De- Dexter that, you know, was lost. The Rise of Synth. It's a new documentary about the uh, the impact of synth music and just how you know where it was birthed and how it got here. Uh, it's going to be narrated by John Carpenter. If you're wondering how it was birthed, John Carpenter is the one who really kind of created uh, synth music, synth scores for his uh, for his films. Obviously, the score to Halloween and um, uh, the Fog and uh, Escape from New York. There, yeah, man, like it's, the list goes on and on. So it's really cool that he's involved with this thing. Uh, apparently, it re- released today on DVD and Blu-ray and digital, so you can check that out. Also, the music that's being done in the in the documentary is done by none other than Ogre, which is a little cool thing for any of you uh, skinny puppy fans out there. Resident Evil: Infinite Darkness. Uh, if you were a fan of original Resident Evil um, canon, that's with like Claire and Leon, Chris and Jill, and those like the original characters, and not any of this Alice and the movie, whatever the crap they were doing. Um, Netflix is bringing a series to, uh, to to 2021 that's all in the CG eye look. Uh, these are actually really cool. It's not like you know they're putting CG in a movie. This is like a full built from the ground up like you know you watch like a cg clip cutscene from a game it's that like and there's a few of them that they've done so far but it looks like netflix has uh employed capcom to uh or the people through capcom to make a resident evil series so we're there's a lot of resident evil stuff coming out we have the new game uh next year we have this series apparently netflix is working on a live action 
Resident Evil series as well. So we'll get that. Um, and there's a few other things as well. That they are not letting Resident Evil die, and I'm totally okay with that, because Resident Evil is a fantastic series. Um, so yeah, that's in uh, 2021 of the fall season. I Know What You Did Last Summer is getting a television series on Amazon. Now, this is one that I, I can't wrap my brain around, because... I feel like that's a story that can be told in an hour and a half, but to like stretch it out for 12 episodes about what I, I know what you did last summer and I'm going to hunt you kids down with my hook and my Gordon Fisherman raincoat. I, just, I don't know. I, don't, I just can't, I don't know. I don't know. And I doubt anybody from the films will be in it. So you'll get a lot of new cringeworthy teens and oh, Jesus Christ. They're just, they're, they're out of ideas, man. <laughs> Speaking out of ideas, The Craft Legacy from Blumhouse is coming to video on demand this October 28th. So if you'd like to see a sequel, it's not a direct sequel from The Craft. If you watch the trailer, there's a there's a little moment from the original film. Let's just look here. Let's just go into that. She's right. The number one rule of The Craft if a person is a danger to herself or others, they will be bound. I was starting to get a little worried. Sorry, I was just hanging out with my friends. Oh, you've gone too far. Was this just like some game to you? Oh, no. I feel different. Be careful. A lot of weirdos out here. We are the weirdos, mister. So, yeah, that's a, that's a thing. That's going to be coming out very, very soon. Uh, moving on, Tales from the Hood 3 premieres on Sci-Fi October 17th. So if you're listening to this right now, it's out right now. Check it out on Sci-Fi On Demand, possibly. I don't know. We're all on the 30 Days of Halloween. I've heard pretty good things. Uh, about this one, especially compared to the last Tales from the Hood, which honestly, there's actually one story in Tales from the Hood 2. I think it's not the last one. It's actually pretty decent, but um, yeah, 2 wasn't the best, so maybe 3 will make up for it. Then again, it's on sci-fi, so we'll see. Joe Bob's Halloween Hideaway starts October 23rd on Shudder. Uh, if you guys are big on uh, commentary stuff, Joe Bob Briggs is, is one of the best. He brings on uh, a lot of uh, actors from the convention scene with uh, Darcy, the male girl. Uh, they are, they are, if you're familiar with the podcast, you know all about uh, Joe Bob Briggs and uh, the, the last drive-in. So this is the Halloween special for 2020. It'll be something to do next Friday. I'm very excited for it. I can't wait. Uh, Shudder's also doing a creep show um, special. It's going to be an animated special, something a little bit different uh, for Halloween and it'll be kind of around the same time the Joe Bob Briggs thing drops. So keep an eye for that. I think that's October 26th. So a few days after. So look for that very soon. Uh, Primal Season 2. Uh, Gendy Tarkovsky. I think that's how you say his last name. He did um, animation for the original, original Clone Wars. The 2D Star Wars Clone Wars. Uh, and also, uh, like, I want to say Samurai Jack and Powerpuff Girls. But I could be wrong about that. Anyways, he does some really good 2D animation work and has been doing this show on Adult Swim called Primal, all about a caveman and a T-Rex that he befriends. And they, uh, it's gory. Boy, is it gory. But if you want a, a really cool stylistic animated series that has zero dialogue whatsoever and so much heart and emotion, I highly recommend you seek out Primal. If you have HBO Max, the entire first season is on there. So watch that ASAP. Uh, and uh, season two has just started back up. Uh, it's on Adult Swim. The first episode is with a um, zombie-infested brontosaurus. Uh, uh, yeah, the zombie apocalypse breaks out in the uh, prehistoric era. So how, how cool is that, right? Make sure to check out Primal right now on Adult Swim. That's it for film and TV news. When we get back... After this little musical break, we're going to jump into some horror gaming news and some film reviews. But for right now, here's the Bridge City Sinners with Witch's Wrath. 
talk about you And they say that God's the one that judges us Not ashamed of the things I do Overwatch's Halloween terror event is going on right now through the end of uh, October. You can try and grab uh, a werewolf skin for Winston the Gorilla, which is probably my favorite, a ghost fox outfit for D.Va, um, a uh, sewn together ragdoll outfit for Echo, and so many more really cool outfits, including the Junkenstein's Revenge. Uh, just like awesome, uh, just you and a team go around shooting zombie omnics which are just zombie robots um and it gets harder and harder and there's a mode right now with a ghost that tries to kill you and your team and it is freaking hard i think there's also a mode where the zombies are like running zombies instead of slow zombies pretty cool stuff this probably sounds like alien talk to all you listeners who don't play games uh <laughs> moving on to dead by daylight the internal blight event begins on october 21st i don't know why dead by daylight puts their halloween event so close to the end of october but they do but it's perfect for this podcast uh and that ends on november 4th uh red dev redemption 2 had some uh leaks looked into it in the coding to see that there might be a halloween event though we're pretty close pretty thick into october and i'm not really sure if they're what they're waiting for but uh apparently there's some zombie and undead files uh in there and everybody's like really anticipating some kind of new undead nightmare dlc but so far nothing yet uh our good friends at dread x collection the dread xp dread central uh game collection of indie devs who put together just really cool horror games if you listened to ted's episode last week you know all about that uh the dread collection 3 is already on its way and it comes out october 23rd this month so if you got on the uh collection for two part two in the last episode definitely check out this third collection coming very very soon uh and phantasmophobia is the game of the month uh phantasmophobia as some of you may know is a four-player game with paranormal investigators who go into houses um and have to work together to uh, just get all the readings from ghosts and, and try to get all the files and get out alive for spirits wreck your face and man uh i haven't had a chance to play this i'm going to play it this week but i've seen streams of it and it looks like a lot of fun and it seems like everybody's playing it this halloween uh so yeah if you are bored and you can't go out this halloween season and you want to play something fun and spooky i feel like fantastic phasmophobia that's how you say it phasmophobia i keep saying fan because I'm, I'm used to do you, does anybody remember the game phantasmagoria I, I keep thinking it's phantasmagoria and it's no it's phasmophobia so look for that that's it that is our gaming news for the month Why? I have to drop off the key. Why? 
going to sell a house. Why? Because that's his job. Where? The Myers house. The Myers house? You're not supposed to go up there. Yes, I am. It's a haunted house. He said awful stuff happened there once. Lonnie Lamb probably won't get out of the sixth grade. I gotta go. I'll see you tonight. Bye. Bye. I wish I had you all alone. Just the two of us. Hey, Lonnie, get your ass away from there. Has to be one of my favorite lines from the original Halloween. Um, yeah, so that scare, that jump scare, is it really gets me anytime I watch Halloween. Uh, it's You know, you're very comfortable with everything after Judith Meyer's death, and you're hanging out in Haddonfield, and whenever Michael kind of appears, and he, John Carpenter hits that score beat, man. Holy shite. <laughs> so I feel it'd be fun to put that into the, uh, the podcast. I hope I'm not scaring you. There's a lot of uh, intense scares uh in this episode um but maybe i am maybe i'm proud of scaring you on a podcast um so i've been watching a lot of classic films as of late a lot of the universal monster stuff but the stuff that's not really uh doesn't really get the recognition it truly deserves a lot of the sequels to the universal monster films like the invisible man for instance the invisible man returns uh i thought that film flowed pretty well and you can tell everybody that's doing the invisible man returns is having a lot of fun with the roles and, uh, you know, even the effects hold up pretty well to today's standards. And that says a lot for a film that was made in 1940. Uh, I also checked out Black Friday with Bela Lugosi and Boris Karloff. Um, this was a film that was panned really bad by audiences when it released. Uh, basically because people didn't really believe Bella as a, as a bad guy, as a mobster. Um, you know, he's, he's playing that guy and Boris is our, our hero. And I think it's just one of those things that... Uh, you know, how do you, I feel like a Transylvanian mobster is even more terrifying. Uh, we also, uh, watched The Invisible Woman, which believe it or not, not a bad film. So the Invisible line of films were actually pretty enjoyable. Um, the, the mob boss in that film kind of feels a little bit Looney Tunes, you know, Bugs Bunny terrorizes two Zoot Suits guys in a way, you know, kind of feel. Um, but you know, it, it, it's more not really a horror movie. Is it something that you kind of pair with Flubber? So if you have young kids, but you still want to kind of watch some old classics, why not do a double pairing of The Invisible Woman and Flubber, the original Flubber? Even though I'm sure the Robin Williams one is pretty good, I haven't watched that one in a while. Uh, then I went back. We I watched Lord of Salem, which you know, is, if you want to get into that spooky Salem horror feel, I feel like Lord of Salem is just such a fun, just interesting movie like i'm not saying it's one of the best movies it has its problems sure but it was when rob zombie took off his like redneck uh clothes and and, and tried something different and kind of filmed almost kubrickian in this movie and tried some different styles styles of, of shots and uh, sherry moon just does an amazing job of acting in it and you know you can tell she's she's grown up as an actor and and, and you know by the time she's doing stuff later on i feel like lords of salem really helped help that out so check out lords of salem i think it's on amazon right now i was able to sit down and watch the uh three hour cut of twin peaks fire walk with me this is the blue rose uh cut i am a huge twin peaks fan and i was very interested to find that there was a cut where all of the deleted scenes that david lynch recently uh released in i think a, a set or a blue racer or something he put all these uh stuff that he just cut out and he cut out a, a decent amount of stuff. I mean, it doesn't really push forward the story anymore, but if you're a huge Twin Peaks fan, uh, it kind of opens up all the doors in every single little corner. I mean, as much as one could through any David Lynch film. 
and uh, it was good. I, I really enjoyed it. I'll probably watch the original cut, though, if I ever go back to watch the movie again. But if you have a chance and you can find it, try to track down the Blue, Blue Rose cut just to watch it once. Uh, I think you'll you'll appreciate it. It kind of ties some loose ends here and there, but the, the normal cut is, is just, just well enough. So here's a classic block of films that I watched on uh, AMC Sphere Fest one day. And it was a span of two days, but these were really fun films to watch in a row. Uh, The Conjuring in the Morning, which is a great kind of morning, wake up, have coffee, and watch some spooks, and, and, uh, you know, the mom getting all fucking possessed downstairs and a bloody sack of her head. Um, Yeah, there's a lot of people that, you know, are banging on doors in that movie, too. I didn't realize it. Like, if if it was a drinking game and you drank every time somebody is banging on a door for somebody else, you'd be drunk uh, completely shit-faced by the end of that film. After that, I watched The Exorcist, and man, does that movie ever hold up as being one of the scariest and creepiest films of all time. Uh, One thing that a lot of people don't know is that Max von Sydow actually has aged makeup on in that film. I believe he was 43 uh, when they filmed that in that movie, and he was not an elderly man like they portrayed him to be. Uh, so just on top of the makeup effects that Dick Smith did that were just so amazing in that film on uh, for Regan, uh, just he did age makeup too that just nobody even could even tell. Nobody even, even batted an eyelash about that. Uh, absolutely loved The Exorcist. Uh, next was The Shining. Uh, one of the moments I really loved starting to watch The Shining was uh, you can already tell Jack is over Wendy's shit when they're like driving to the Overlook Hotel. Like, there's no ghost needed. Like, he's already kind of a shithead in the film. Um, I think when he's going in for his job interview, there's like two women that are walking down the hall and Jack's like checking out their asses. And he just, he plays that character like, you know, like Jack's already kind of a piece of shit kind of guy. I guess that it works for the film, but you know, Jack wasn't a piece of shit in the book. And I think that's why King kind of didn't really like the portrayal that Jack Nicholson had for it, but I'm sure that was a Kubrick Nicholson kind of thing they were working together with. But I just thought it was so funny that, you know, Wendy's says something about the air, uh, changing as they get higher and higher in altitude. And Jack just kind of gives this look like, gosh, shut up. And it's like, Oh my God, he's already over her. Like, I believe he already wants to kill the two of them. (laughs) <laughs> the hotel just kind of pushes it. And I'm sure that's the thing. Like, it, it took a weak-willed guy for the hotel just to latch onto and, and really bring out those uh, the evil spirits within him to want to make him kill. It wasn't hard. Jack was, like, the perfect entity, which I'm sure, you know, I've seen Room 2, the, the documentary where they, you know, they, they talk about the presence that, you know, that pulls Jack to the hotel and stuff. But every time I watch it, I see a little bit more, just a little bit more. Uh, next was Final Destination 2. Those was the next day. I think I'd missed the airing of Final Destination 1, which is okay. I've seen the movie a million times. Uh, watching Final Destination 2 was a lot of fun because I hadn't seen it in a very long time. And I think anytime I ever watch Final Destination 2, it's usually always the car accident scene at the very beginning, which is still the best car accident scene ever put on film. You get so many insane moments, and you get cutaways from the motorcycle driver falling, and then his bike cutting him in half, and then, the, the the of course, the log thing coming out and blasting the cop right through the back of the, the window, and just and people screaming in their car. Like, it's a real-life horror. Like, everybody is terrified of diving in a car wreck. Like, you might be listening to this in your car right now, and I am very sorry. It's like watching Final Destination 1 on a plane. You just don't do it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's such a good scene, but continuing the film itself, um, the, uh, the main girl, Ali Lauder, she's like the one that survives, uh, with the kid from the very first film. And she ends up being in a psych ward and the main character of two, she knows about this girl that, you know, dodged death and, 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 you know, she's still alive. How did she do it? I mean, I need to find out my friends are dying and she goes to visit her in a psych ward. And first of all, the woman who is running the psych, or not the running the psych ward, but is like escorting her through, is uh, Deanna Troy from uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation. I was gonna put my my nerd hat on there for like a second. So it's cool to see Deanna Troy in that movie. And, and so the the girl gets in the room and she meets Ali Lauder, and you know she has like all like the the papers with the yarn trails and stuff. And she's like, I can't just stop right there. You don't get any closer. Like. 
Yeah, it, you know, like I've been dodging death my entire life, and this is how I have to live now. And basically, she just kind of was like, "Well, my friends are dying," and Ollie Lauder's like, "All right, I'll help." And I'm like, "Wait a second, you've been living in an insane asylum with padded walls and fear of death, but you just finally got it, like a compassion, compassionate bone in your body to to go help her out all of a sudden." And she fucking asked for it because she gets fucking blown to smithereens. And it's like, you you were doing fine. You were staying inside. Everything was good. But you had to go out and help these kids. And you got blown up. So you deserve it. I just thought that was so funny. And just watching that movie again, the, the mousetrap effects of things that, like, are leading to a death that, like, don't go anywhere but move on to another thing is just so hilarious to me. Like, the dentist's office scene alone, if you know what I'm talking about. It's just it's one thing after another. I think Final Station Three did the, the the tanning bed thing where the water drips, and it's just like a mousetrap effect of just seeing what will be the thing to kill this person. And sometimes it doesn't even kill that person; it moves on to somebody else and kills somebody else entering that scene. Those movies are just so much fun. Sometimes they're a little bit bad. I was actually in one, uh, Final Destination 3D. Uh, so check that out. I'm in the movie theater scene. Uh, they filmed that here in uh, Orlando, Florida, and I got—I was—I had a chance to uh, be in that movie. It was a good time, but um, yeah. So I enjoyed actually going back and watching Final Destination Two. Um, Ghost Ship was the next film and the final film of my like AMC Fear Fest that I got to check out. And uh, you know, we again—that's another film that everybody remembers the beginning of. You know, I'm pretty sure it's. It has to be the the number one film for the most people being killed at once. Like, an entire ship of people with one wire. Man, I feel like everybody... It caught everybody off guard when they saw it. I went, oh my god. Uh, you know, we got Carl Urban is actually is in this. And a lot of other uh, big actors and actresses that, you know... Um, you kind of forget about that they played like, shipmate characters in this movie. And I forgot it ends with a Mudvayne song. I was like, oh man, we're definitely in the 2000s. Like, Mudvayne is ending out their song. Uh, or ending out the movie, I thought that was so funny. I, it was just, it was like that 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 nice layer of frosting that I needed on the horror cake that night. That's it for classic film news. When we get back, we're going to do some new horror film and TV show reviews. Here is Mastodon Halloween.
man, that track kicks ass. Okay, so we're going to review these films in the in the order that I watched them. Uh, so it might seem a little weird, but bear with me. It's 2020. Let's start off with Glenn Danzig, former singer of The Misfits, or I guess current singer. Well, Mike Graves isn't the singer anymore because he's a racist piece of shit. So yeah, we'll stick with Danzig being the singer of The Misfits. He made a movie based off his comic book, Verotic. This is called Verotica. I don't know why I changed it. Um, it is based on his book that you know has a bunch of short stories. This is three short stories put together uh, with a Crypt Keeper Dominatrix type woman telling the stories. And I know this all sounds friggin' great, but boy howdy, it's not. Although, I will say I'd watch a second one if they ever made it. This movie is so bad. It is compared to, you know, what people say about The Room. You know when people try to make you watch The Room before you knew what The Room was? And then you sat down to watch The Room, and you're like, oh, man, I'm not doing this. And people are like, no, 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 you have to sit down and watch it. That's Veronica. The acting is so horrible. He got as many stripper friends as possible to be in this. And it's just, oh, my God. The acting is just, oh, boy. Veronica, if you want a night of laughs, be heavily drunk or a little high and watch this movie. If you're going into it sober, I am so, so sorry. Next up for the family is Happy Halloween Scooby-Doo. This is a uh, family-filled adventure with Elvira and Bill Nye the Science Guy. Uh, Believe it or not, Happy Halloween Scooby-Doo is probably the best Scooby-Doo entry I've seen since the James Gunn movies. Uh, the, the characters are written really well, really smart. They're funny. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say they're smart, but they're, they're funny and the animation is really cool. And if you're a Halloween fan, uh, there's a killer jack-o'-lantern in it with a other pumpkins. They're out on the streets during Halloween and everybody's in costumes. Um, Elvira plays like a big part in it. So if you're looking for a really good Halloween movie to watch, uh, this is actually really good. I'd honestly pair this movie up with Hoobie Halloween. That's right. We're back to it. Netflix's new Adam Sandler Happy Madison production. If you watched Happy Halloween Scooby-Doo in Hoobie Halloween, I feel like your family would would laugh their asses off and have a really good night. Um, I really liked Hoobie Halloween. I know a lot of people are panning it and saying they don't really care for it. Uh, It's not funny to just do a bunch of dumb jokes. Man, it's an Adam Sandler movie. I'm not looking for poetry here. Like, I know it's not Uncut Gems. Like, I'm looking at this like another Billy Madison movie. And there are actual callbacks to Billy Madison in this movie. Like, they really love the... It's from the director that did Mr. Deeds, so I'm sure he knows all about the the Adam Sandler-verse. And I've even heard rumors that they're trying... They want to do a lot more callbacks because this movie did so well from making an Adam Sandler universe. God help us. This is 2020 where we have an Adam Sandler-verse. Uh, but it is really funny. I highly recommend checking it out. A lot of SNL alums are in it, along with a lot of new uh, cast members. So I, I think you'll dig it. Next up is The Haunting of Bly Manor. Uh, this is a very, very slow burn. And I and I have to emphasis on the slow part. If you like The Haunting of Hill House, you might not like this because it's a different it's it's not paced the same it's the same actors kind of like american horror story where they keep the same actors just playing different parts but there is no carryover from haunting of hill house uh but if you want to get in the same tone and same feel then it it does kind of work itself out um i actually loved it i thought it was really good i liked bly manor a lot um it's a more of a love story with a ghost horror accent attached to it but when the horror happens it's great I really recommend Axel Caroline's uh, episode eight, where it kind of, you could honestly watch the the eighth episode by itself. It probably wouldn't have the same gravitas impact, uh, you know, that it would if you watched the entire series, but the, uh, it's a ghost story. It's a black and white uh, Victorian ghost tale. And it's, it's just done really well. She did a really good job. She did uh, an episode of Sabrina the Teenage Witch, so I'm really happy, and I hope she gets to do a lot more stuff with Netflix very, very soon. Uh, but I, yeah, I recommend Bly Manor. Check it out. Uh, next up is Hor- or Monsterland on Hulu. This is eight episodes of a, a new series that they, 
Uh, every episode is named after a city and state in America. And it's basically, you know, we live in Monsterland. America is monsters. It's full of monsters. And what do these people do to their family, to their loved ones, and people around them? Uh, I watched the first three episodes. I noticed uh, a character from the first episode shows up in the third episode. Apparently she shows up in the last episode as well. Um, there's even the second episode is about uh, a kid who makes friends online and, and form friends and people he games with. And then, you know, he, he feels that there is, is something going on, a, a, a creepy pasta, if you will. And, you know, you, like if you go on to say a forum like Tumblr or 4chan and you meet people, um, these people are actually like around him and talking to him and in his room. And it's kind of interesting. And I'm not going to give away the, the, the premise, but it, it's a really cool, interesting little uh, concept. So check out Monsterland. Uh, next up on Hulu is Books of Blood, based off the Clive Barker famous tale. Um, this one you can kind of tell was made for a series, and maybe by like the first three episodes they canned it, so they just kind of pushed it all together to make a film. Um, but if you are here for gore and just visceral scary shit, I highly recommend Books of Blood because they go there. I mean, this is based off a of Clive Barker tale, so it gets gory. And it's uh, it's actually a lot of fun. A little sloppy here and there, but I honestly would not mind seeing a Books of Blood too. You know, give the give the guy back his series, Hulu. I don't know why you, you stopped it. I'm just making up my own story. I don't know if they stopped him from making the first the series Books of Blood, but I could have sworn it was going to be a series. It kind of just got crammed into a, a movie. Next up is Welcome to Blumhouse for Amazon Prime. These are four feature-length films made for Amazon Prime. Um, they are The Lie, Evil Eye, Nocturne, and Black Box. I did not watch all of these, but I did watch Black Box. It's a story about a man who has uh, memory problems after a, a car accident, um, killed his wife, and he's trying to grasp onto some memories. And he's a widow, and he has a kid. Um... And he's going to a doctor, and the doctor's trying to help him out. And he starts seeing visions, and when he starts going into these visions, that she's like a psych, like a psychiatric therapist that's putting like this VR helmet on him, and he's going into his mind. And every time he goes in his mind, something's attacking him. And he keeps bringing back these things into the real world, and he keeps seeing things, and it's like you know what's real and what's not. And I want to give too much away, but it's a really, really good movie. I highly recommend Black Box. I think it is the most top-rated of the Blumhouse films. So, of, of the ones on Amazon, at least. Uh, next up is Scare Me on Shudder. Uh, this is a film that feels very much like a, um, you know, Troop 616 improv uh, in Chicago, Illinois. Like, if you don't like improv comedy, you might not like this movie. Because the movie basically is two people in a cabin in the woods with a candle and they're doing improv with each other i thought it was great i thought it was funny i was laughing my ass off uh i don't know if any of you watch the boys on uh amazon uh but uh the girl with the thunder powers she's in it she's really funny it's kind of see it's nice to see her in a different take because she's such a bitch on the boys um but yes uh i i do recommend scare me it's it's a little long in the tooth a third um the third scene kind of just kind of goes a little bit too long, but overall I thought it was a pretty fun movie. Uh, and then next up is The Devil All the Time on Netflix, starring some of the alums from the Avengers movies like Spider-Man and The Winter Soldier. <laughs> I'm just, I, that's their names now. Um, this movie is dark, man. Holy crap, but it's well-produced. Very, very good. I definitely see it being uh, entered to win some Academy Awards, if that's even going to be a thing next year but I, I i really dug it i thought it was a lot of fun check out the devil all the time all right guys now i have some giveaways for you all rlje films is super kind enough to send me copies of joe Carey's spree the film where he goes around in his uber and kills people and streams it live i thought this movie was really awesome uh you know being somebody who streams gaming on twitch it, it nails that whole atmosphere really well. Um, David Arquette, Misha Barton, a lot of really cool people are in this as well. I highly recommend it. Also, AMC was super cool to send me copies of Eli Roth's History of Horror Season 1. 
uh, History of Horror Season 2 has just started over on AMC, and I believe the second episode is going to air this weekend. Uh, really cool stuff. It's it's like this podcast. It reminds you of like, some of the best kills and moments from horror movies from people that have way, way better uh, foresight into these things and as directors and writers and makeup artists than I do. Um, but yes, I am giving these away, and I want to know, what is your scariest film of all time? What is the movie that is the scariest to you? Not your favorite horror movie. The movie that scared you the most. Let me know. Hallowseve365, gmail.com. I want to know. And we'll talk about it in the next episode. All right? Guys, I want to thank everybody that's a member of the Patreon. You all keep me alive right now with this pandemic going on. It is me with the with this podcast and my Etsy page. And right now, my Etsy page is completely sold out because this is October. So... Thank you all so, so much for, for dropping in there and buying some jack-o'-lanterns. Uh, but especially you all in the Patreon, that's what it's all about. That helps me to make more episodes than just one episode a month. I can actually make more episodes and get you guys more interviews and just really cool things that I think that you'd be interested in. So we're going to go down the list right now. Hanelin, thank you so Chris Hanelin, thank you so much for being a jack-o'-lantern. Fuzz It, thank you so much for being a pumpkin seed. Brittany Risher, thank you so much for being a pumpkin seed. Sarah Nicole, thank you so much for being a pumpkin seed. Thomas Fury, thank you for being a jack-o'-lantern. Dustin Volger, thank you for being a jack-o'-lantern. Seamus Burke, thank you for being a jack-o'-lantern. And Josh Myers, thank you also for being a jack-o'-lantern. You all rock keeping the show going, and let's let's do more. We're, we're, we're going to get some things going here. I have some new ideas for... Uh, a YouTube page that we have. Like I have the the Hallows E sixty five podcast page on YouTube where I just upload the audio format to YouTube with the way things are kind of going right now with the the banning and you know we put specific music on here. It's a lot harder. So I will kinda of wanna like kind of rethink things for twenty twenty one. Um I have a lot of really cool ideas and we're gonna morph some every day is Halloween into something really cool. So just jump on it first, and then, you know, we I try to give you guys as many exclusives as I can on the, the Patreon page, including uh, specific episodes of songs, uh, just kind of like horror radio, which is really neat, something really cool, something really different, on top of just pictures that I don't share with anybody else except for the Patreon, and just little news stories and reviews right there. So check out that feed. It's a lot of fun. Uh, let's see. Uh, I also want to thank Sam Haynes again for the music tonight. All the music is off his new album. Check it out on Spotify. Really cool stuff. The new album is Groovy, Murder, Disco, and you can listen to it right now on Spotify and Bandcamp. Uh, again, make sure to go to the Patreon, patreon.com backslash horror guy, all in one word. We have our Discord. We hang out every Friday night and watch movies together. Uh, we all sync up our, you know, our streaming services, and we have a chat. We go in, and right at like nine o'clock, we all start watching a movie, and you know, chat back and forth, and send animated gifts, and all that stuff. So, yes, mutants and monsters on Discord. That is us. I'll have a link in this, the description down below. Check it out. And of course, we're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And I'm horror guy on Twitch, horror underscore guy. And as always, check out my Etsy page etsy.com backslash shop backslash hallows eve 365 you all are amazing thank you so much have a happy and safe halloween i guess just buy a bunch of bags of candy and, and sit at home and no one's gonna ring your doorbell so just eat a bunch of bags of candy watch a bunch of horror films and just have a spooky happy halloween and hold on to it as long as you can before the dead fall leaves in november rush in to say hi merry christmas this is me regurgitating blood right now. Okay, take it easy. Good night. Later, everybody. Listen to the song. Woo. Through the nauseous night I soar, through the pools of rancid gore, through the sewer pipes I roar, to the horror hall. Gasly Gas Gonna have a nightmare dream ah!
taint. You better put your head on straight. Jump on your broom and don't be late. This is our night to celebrate. Through the oozing quicksand swamp, do the muddy, bloody stuff. Do the brand new twist and itch with the wicked witch. Everybody make the scene. My nose will tell that you're still here Gonna eat some lizard lunch Gonna drink some living punch Gonna dance until we're dead Hit me on the head Hang my heart and split my spleen Happy Halloween 